alien tracker that I have in my nose. It could have been your alien <laughs> tracker that you have in your nose. If you could just record with your nose tilted away from the microphone. I'll just cover my nose. That'd be super great. So the alien tracker does not feed back with the mic. <laughs> we just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. We try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And welcome to episode 75. 75? That feels like a milestone, right? It does. We should have had like champagne or something. Pop! Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) That's it. That was the champagne. We should do that thing with our lip. Oh my god! That's even better. I can't do that because my nails are your just nails a little too long, and I like tear your them. lip out. <laughs> yeah, no blood on the podcast that they know of. Any pre-roll today, my sweet, sweet daughter? I mean, it's still Spooktober. Ooh. We are still actually. This will release on the week of Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Halloween. So we're still kind of continuing our uh our examination into things spooky and strange here on freudian sips <laughs> and we've done some kind of spooky crazy things when it wasn't yeah spooktober, no. yeah. so <laughs> this is just having, extra yeah you know, we just need to little sound effects in the background <laughs> i just put in like haunted house noises the whole time yeah the wind blowing and creaking sounds Somebody's got to talk, though. We can't both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when one person's talking, okay, the other talking. one has to like. Okay. So we have to cue each other yeah. for the scary sounds. And go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to just jump right in then? I don't, yeah, I don't really have any pre-roll. I mean, like, if you're looking for cool Halloween gifts for your friends, go buy our merch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween gifts. <laughs> Does anybody actually give Halloween gifts? No, but that would be cool. You know, there's all this now. First, they say like, oh, Halloween's not going to be anything like it usually is because of of the COVID stuff and all the quarantining and all that stuff. But I just keep hearing on the radio like they're doing this haunted house where you you just don't get within six feet of the monsters, (laughs) which would be fine with me (laughs) because I hate that when they grab you. Yeah, like when you're yeah, that's that's just not appropriate. So I went to Fright Fest with my brother your son uh and <laughs> he is we, son. you know your him brother. you've heard of him the gabriel the gabriel and so we went last year as well so fright fest is a six flags thing six flags st louis we're pretty close to that and the ghouls they, they come out like at sunset and they can like Wah! like go jump in your face they can't like grab you but they can kind of get right up in your uh-huh. business and of course they couldn't do that this year so it was not a very frightful fright fest. Were they there though? Were there was like one little area about? where they no, they weren't roaming about. They were just kind of cordoned off, like a little monster zoo. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you would walk by and go, ooh, monsters. Ooh, I'd be scared of you if you weren't in a zoo. I know. They just kind of sat there. They wouldn't, like, even move it. <laughs> They're smoking it's a like, cigarette. Like, do a trick or something. <laughs> Looks scary, dude. Light on fire or something. <laughs> I'm having a cig break right yeah. now. <laughs> were they wearing masks? They were. Monsters <laughs> No, no, they were wearing like oh, monster masks. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that's what you. I no, thought you I were mean, just like. Were they just people? <laughs> were they just like dudes? They were like zombies or something. No, they were, <laughs> they were wearing like clown masks. Like, oh, ooh, clowns! Yeah. Those are the scariest of the scary. Doll, I think dolls, man, haunted dolls. <sighs> I can handle a clown, a happy clown. <laughs> no, I can handle scary clowns. Really? Yeah. Not really. I'm never, not afraid of you, clown. I've never really been a big. Like, afraid of clowns person. I didn't used to be, but man, they've made them scary these days. <laughs> they've made them scary. They. You know, they. they the culture the that cl- makes scariness. The the clown they. <laughs> Big clown. <laughs> I like that. Big pharma. Big, Big clown. Big pharma. Big circus. <laughs> made, made clowns scary. Make clowns scary again. All right. <laughs> everyone uh vote we don't i know i know mom doesn't like when i get super political and i'm not gonna get super political just vote just no, vote i agree with that okay we should vote people have died for our freedom so that we have the freedom to vote yeah so absolutely go out and vote go vote where or when, vote however you do it yeah it seems I've, like now everybody votes i was before. gonna say i've read a lot i've seen a lot of people mm-hmm. have already voted i've already voted so go do it you just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do the thing. When this releases, it'll be like a week before the election in America. So if you're in America, in America. do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know pre-roll was going to include that, but... Enjoy the freedom and the rights that we have in this country to vote and do it. Okay, enough political talk. <laughs> yes. Dun, dun, dun. That's not our scary topic for oh, the day. I Although know. Oh, God, that'd be <laughs> great. If we're like, let's talk about the debate that just happened. <laughs> Ooh, it's the that spookiest horrifying ever. Oh. Two old white men yelled at each other for two hours. Vote for one of them. I, I there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say. So okay. let's so let's talk about death, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about something a little let's, better than politics. Let's talk about death. Honestly, at this point, almost. So why would we talk about death in Spooktober? I mean, I think death is a pretty scary topic just in general. I think we really, especially I think in our culture, we have a real fear of death. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what this episode's going to be about. We're going to do a little bit of an exploration on how our culture, our culture being American culture and kind of Western culture, focuses on death or handles death. Especially we're going to talk about Halloween because it is Halloween. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that and we're going to kind of compare, contrast that with other like celebrations and rituals that other cultures may have and how they might celebrate death and mm-hmm. how that's different and how it might be better and how it might be worse. So mm-hmm. would you like to start us off with just a little overview? Well, let me do kind of, it's it's kind of a side note to start us off because a big thing about the idea of, for lack of a better way to say it, celebrating death. So like when someone does die mm-hmm. and we go through, we all have um, culture these ways that we handle that we're going to talk about specific days and times that we somehow reflect on and celebrate death but very specifically for each of us when we have a death of Mm -hmm. someone we love someone we care about we go through certain rituals 
many of us go through at least like a funeral kind of ritual, especially here in America. I've been hearing more like, oh, a celebration of life ceremony. Right. That they call it that instead of like a wake or a... And even like the, I know the funeral homes in our area are kind of like they're changing their whole ad campaign. I drove by one funeral home that's not called a funeral home anymore. Right. It's not. What are they calling it now? It's like something like Celebration of Life Center or something like like that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even use the word funeral anymore. Yeah. 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 Which is a little like it's far on should, the other end of it. Yeah, well, like you can say the, like <laughs> death and die. stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think that there needs to be a healthy balance between acknowledging death and celebrating life. Right, right. Because I think that's where the fear of death comes from is that we don't really handle death very openly, respectfully. Right. I, I don't know how well, to Well, we're fearful many people were fearful of it well, sure it's, go- it's gonna happen though if you're listening to this to all of us you will probably die mm-hmm. at some point maybe mm-hmm. you won't i don't know maybe you'll be the first person to live forever you might be depending on first your, person on to live your... forever listener of the show and <laughs> depending on your spiritual beliefs some people believe you know that things might happen that would for some christian beliefs who believe in rapture they believe that at some point some people will be raptured and not die so there's all kinds of beliefs i feel like i'd rather die than experience the stuff that's in revelations that's yeah it's pretty, pretty scary, scary. Stuff. we pretty should scary. talk about the book of revelations for <laughs> that a Halloween episode. oh man i got some crazy stuff uh-huh. in there so i'm gonna just do like a little sidebar to to tuck in your brain about what we're going to talk about today and that is just a sidebar about ritual and how important ritual is to us psychologically and mm-hmm. why ritual is so important in this episode we're talking specifically perhaps like the rituals we use after someone dies or to remember someone who has died Mm -hmm. like the ritual of for me as a catholic christian part of the ritual is to do we call it the mass of the resurrection which is a after the wake and the visitation stuff then we do a liturgy a mass where we believe that that's that special celebration to help usher that person's soul into the next place um, the louder you sing, the faster they get to heaven. <laughs> and I sing really loud. <laughs> and mom gets all of those souls. They're like, boo! <laughs> there have been studies done and research done about how important it is to have ritual, not only in times of death, but even like graduation rituals or wedding yeah. marriage rituals, baptism rituals, rituals when a baby's born. You think about all those things that we do. And, and basically what they're saying to us is psychologically speaking, what ritual does for us is it gives us a sense of control over what's happening at the time, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So ideally speaking, by going through the wake and the visitation and the funeral mass, it helps me in my time of great grief and more to feel like I have some control over the situation. But the other side of that is it comforts me. Mm -hmm. Because I, for me specifically, I've grown up as a Catholic Christian. I know this is what happens at funerals. And I know this is to give me comfort. And I think that that goes deeper because like, I know when I'm stressed, I hate making choices. Mm. And so there is something very comforting about being like, okay, this very stressful thing just happened to me, but I know that the next three days will include these things. Exactly. Where I know what's expected of me. Right. And rituals might be something that we do several times a year. It might be something we do, even like the way you put your Christmas tree up is well, a ritual. Well, I was going to say like, I mean, people have rituals for like Saturday mornings. Like Absolutely. You may like wake up and it's a, it's a really slow day. You don't have anything to do. So you spend time with your family. I mean, like, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you right now have a kind of a ritual where weekends are your work around the home day. That's right. So it's, it's kind of... Work until you drop. Honestly. <laughs> 
go rake leaves until your hands fall off. Mom has a rather large property that requires a lot of upkeep. Yes, it does. But it's it's worth it. It's worth it. When I when we bought this house, I actually kind of looked at the yard and was like, oh, it's kind of sad that my yard isn't super huge. And then I'm like, oh, it only takes a day to, to mow the lawn. Like, that's fine. This is great. I can actually do it in It afternoon. doesn't take a whole week to mow the yard. Super. So I think that's that's what I wanted to say about ritual. Okay. And as we as we go through and we're talking about these different cultures and the way that they celebrate death and life, that a big part of it all is ritual and that repetition of doing, like you said, doing the same thing and knowing that's how it goes. Right. And especially for some of the rituals we're going to talk about and some of the ones that you mentioned, like weddings and, and funerals and stuff. I mean, I think that that really ties us to people of the past absolutely and there's kind of this thread of continuing those traditions to to keep that up from the people back in the day yeah i will say if we're talking about funerals i think sometimes there are rituals that would benefit us to say like maybe we can do this better Like, we have talked on the podcast about how we've experienced death in our family pretty closely. Mm-hmm. And to me, the ritual of awake or, or visitation or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is torturous. Mm-hmm. It's horrendous. Making you stand in front of your loved one's dead body for four hours while people come through and they're like, oh, they look so peaceful. And you're like, no, they're dead. Uh, like, t- I don't know. To me, that's very, and I could probably do a whole podcast on just that. I have a lot of strong feelings about that. You are, I, I feel the same way. But I also know, and I remember my mom used to say this, that, you know, that it ge- it, it does give closure and there are, there are psychological reasons People have said that this is it's important to see the person is actually dead and be able to say goodbye. And But you're not seeing them as dead. You're seeing them as all made up. Yeah. Like even to me that, and I'm probably reading too much into it, but to me that's even not really acknowledging the reality of death. Yeah, because it looks like when you said when people say, oh, it looks like they're sleeping. It looks like they're it looks sleeping. looks like they're peaceful. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard. I know that when Bob died, when my late husband died, we viewed the body, right? Mm-hmm. We, our family or whatever. And it was a way of saying goodbye. Sure. But I was really glad that then we chose to close uh, the casket during the visitation because I'm with you. I could not have stood there. And just looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know that when my parents passed, we we left it open because I was not the only one making that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, with Bob, I kind of got to make that decision. But And I do remember that just that feeling like I don't want to look at them because mm-hmm. it's not really them is right. my my spirituality says that's just their shell that's left you know yeah but i don't know this goes back again to what comforts me might not comfort somebody else sure. and vice versa so i do know there are some people who get comfort from going to awake and, yeah and, so. I, and i do think that it's i mean i think wakes and funerals are for the living so i, I do think it's yeah. important that they get to make that choice the, the loved ones the ones that are closest should be able mm-hmm. to decide what but i think the do. person who died like i've told you that when i die you just throw me in the backyard <laughs> give me a viking funeral well i'm praying that i'm not around when you go that's true and don't throw me in the backyard please <laughs> how about a viking funeral how do you, you feel about a viking i'm okay funeral? with a viking that's funeral. why i'm practicing bow and arrow so when you die i can when just, i see you we'll start set you down the mississippi and just light you aflame oh my gosh i hope i can see that from as wherever if the I mississippi am. is not polluted enough i was gonna say the whole city might start on fire (laughs) just goes up in flames (laughs) like a powder keg okay (laughs) 
All right, let's let's get on a task and sure. you talk about Halloween. Like I do how that. I would like to transition into a conversation about. I mean, I think it is good to acknowledge like general ritual practice, but I mean, right now I want to focus on kind of the rituals around this time and especially around death itself. Right. So I do want to talk about Halloween, even though that's not really a death celebration, but we kind of associate it with. And it has its roots in not really a celebration. It's an awareness of death, I guess, is a way to say it. So let me talk about how Halloween got its start. Mm-hmm. So Halloween has origins in the ancient Celtic festival of, uh, you've probably seen this word before. It's spelled like Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And because it's a Celtic word, it's not pronounced at all like it's spelled. It's pronounced Samhain. Samhain. Sawin. Okay. See, <laughs> I can't even I've, do it. Although I've said Samhain for years <laughs> I know, and years me and too. forever. Yeah. So uh, Sawin marked the end of the harvest, the, the season of harvest, the, the summer season, and the beginning of winter, which was associated with death in the culture. Mm-hmm. So they believed that on October 31st, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. So during Sawin, people would light bonfires, they would burn offerings to Celtic deities, uh, they would wear costumes to ward off ghosts, and they would also try to tell each other's fortunes because they thought that because that line between those worlds was diminished that people were more in tune with the spirit world basically then around 600 AD, Pope Boniface established All Martyrs Day in Boniface. the Western Church. I knew you were gonna. Mom <laughs> likes Boniface because that's my that's he's like a patron saint. For yeah, me, your name's Bonnie. Because <laughs> my name's Mom. Yeah, Bon. And then later, Pope Gregory the Third extended the festival to include all saints, mm-hmm. so it became All Saints Day. And actually, I don't know if you have that in your notes. That originally that was in May. Oh, really? And that and Boniface moved it closer. Like they celebrated yes. that earlier, like in May, and then they moved it to be at this time of the year. Well, so it was it would... to be concurrent. So like right. by the ninth century, if you know anything about history at all, you know that Christianity gets its little hands on everything, on every little culture. It's got little hands on it. It's got little hands on it. So it, including the Celtic culture and its rites, including... Samhain. This included creating All Souls Day to honor the dead and also as an attempt to replace the Celtic festival of Samhain. So they kind of moved the days and also added some days to kind of merge the festivals and kind of cover it basically. But it was celebrated very similarly. It had bonfires, it had parades, it had costumes. Usually the costumes were of saints and angels and devils and that sort of stuff. And we get the term Halloween because All Saints Day, the day after All Souls Day, was called All Hallowmas after some crazy middle english word that i'm not even going to try to pronounce there's like too many there's too many letters uh so all hallowmas the day before that was known as all hallows eve mm-hmm. and eventually that became halloween Hallows. the celebration we know today and the celebration that we know today like i said it's not really i mean i really don't know how much people believe like oh the the spirit world is closer or i i really don't think that's part of many people's beliefs about Halloween. I think right now Halloween is just a very kind of secular time. party time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are still religions that include it. Oh, in, sure. Yeah. In, I mean, like the Celtic religions are still active. I mean, mm-hmm. those those things are still in parts of the world. So this is just kind of something that we took and, and shaped a little bit. We as in old popes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Boniface. Boniface. 
yeah, so the the Halloween that we know is about mischief and it's about merriment and trick or treating and and the costumes aren't to ward off the spirits of the dead. It's just because I don't know people give you better candy if you have a better costume. I don't know, <laughs> but it's really not about the dead. We don't talk about the dead very much. We talk about like zombies and vampires, the living and dead, yeah, the living dead, exactly. The there's, spooky dead. There's a lot more acknowledgement of like the undead. Than yeah, there is about yeah. the dead. And I think that That's is true. also another kind of, I don't know. Because, I mean, I guess other cultures have ghosts and stuff. But even that is like, you're dead. Right. But zombies and vampires and stuff are distinctly undead. It's not like they have souls. Right. The zombies and the, I right. mean, they're like undead. They're undead. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So they don't fit into our category today. They don't. Well, you're they, out of here. They don't. But but Be that's gone. kind of the, the extent of acknowledgement that we get. I mean, it's not like... It's not like we use Halloween as an acknowledgement of death or as a, like a celebration of, of no. life or anything like that. No, for that. us in America, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's not, it's not really about a celebration of death. Halloween no. is not. No. So let's compare and contrast that with something that very much is a celebration of the dead and of life. So let's talk about Day of the Dead in Mexican culture. So Dia de Muertos or Dia de los Muertos, which is kind of an Anglicization of the name, is the Day of the Dead. It's a Mexican tradition where family and friends celebrate loved ones who have died. It is not Mexican Halloween. <laughs> I think because of the timing. Yeah, there no, there are legitimately people who think that's what it is. It's, and it sounds crazy. But people really are just like, oh, that's how Mexican people celebrate Halloween. It's, it's a totally different thing. They came from kind of similar beliefs about the afterlife. Mom's still laughing at Mexican <laughs> it's, Halloween. What's the way you said it? <laughs> How did I... What? Oh, you're just so cute. Go I on, go on. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. It's a two-day celebration. It has a few different parts. Um, so there's like it, like the Day of the Children, the Day of the Adults, and the Day of the Dead. And they're all kind of pushed into the big celebration of the Day of the Dead. But it goes from October 31st to November 2nd. And because of that kind of overlapping time, I think that's why people associate it with Halloween. Well, and a lot of the people in Mexico are Catholic, too. Mm-hmm. So it falls within the All Saints, All Souls days, it's true. too. It's true. So they overlap, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And, okay, so full disclosure, a lot of my research for this part of the podcast came from the movie Coco. Uh <laughs> I was, That's a great movie. It's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, oh, go if you haven't watch seen it, it. Watch it. It, it, is so, it will make you laugh. It will make you cry. Just it's astonishing. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I was so cool. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Kim, and she's a huge Disney fanatic. So I was talking about what I was researching for the podcast last night, and she goes, "Oh, we have to watch Coco. Like we're going to watch it right now." So so she peer pressured me into watching it. I'm glad she did because it was really really good. And if you listen to this episode and you're like, "Wow, I really do want to learn more about the the culture and that celebration," that movie is a great way to look at it because it's mm-hmm. really faithful to the traditions and it really does a good job explaining them so i'm not being facetious when i say that like i got a lot of this information from the movie so during day of the dead people share a meal 
with loved ones just like they would when the loved ones were alive. Uh, families make ofrendas, so those are altars to honor the departed family and friends. Um, they're decorated really brightly. They have really bright colors. They have photos. They have flowers. They have the food and the drink that the loved ones liked when they were alive. And I think that is also a real distinct difference with Halloween because Halloween, it's all dark and spooky. It's spooky. Yeah, you don't want to be around the spirits. No. Yeah, yeah you're this trying is... to ward them away. Right, that was the right. that was the start of it. The the reason for the costumes originally was to scare, scare away, away spirits. Right. And so it's this it's is very the opposite. Different. We're inviting them yeah. to be with us and to yeah. be with us. Yeah. So they, they had these ofrendas. The offerings are believed to encourage the souls of the dead to come hear the family's prayers to join the celebration. And like I said, together they share a meal. And actually, I, I want to give credit to my husband, Nathan, for some of this too. Uh, for a while, kind of when we were first dating, he taught a world cultures class. And one of the things they would talk about was Dia de Muertos. And he would make pan de muerto, which is the, the bread of the dead, which is which is great. Um, that's a great name. Those dead people they know how to eat bread right well it's like a it's like a sweet bread mm-hmm. and so he would make the ponte muerto for his class and then they would sit around and they would tell stories of their dead loved ones mm-hmm. and he said it was always a really good experience because it was like this celebratory atmosphere it wasn't sad and like people got a little emotional but it was in a good way it was in a right. joyful way right and that's the point of dia de muertos to to be joyful and to celebrate not only celebrate your dead loved ones celebrate with them I I mean, they really believe that, that these spirits come back and they share this time with them. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really important part of their tradition and their rituals and their, their belief system. And I, I think even in our culture, Dia de Muertos is getting kind of more well known. But I do think we have to be a little bit careful of that. So like I said, we're in America. Usually whenever I go to a store that has Halloween decorations, uh, I can usually find like sugar skulls. Like those, if you if you don't know what that is, it's like, it, it's a skull design, but it has, it's really colorful. It has little colorful painted mm-hmm. designs mm-hmm. on it. That's a, that's called a, a sugar skull. I have a coloring sheet that some of my clients sometimes choose that sheet to color. Yeah, they are. They're really pretty. It's a really cool design. Um, and skulls are really big in Dia de Muertos. They're called the calaveras and they're everywhere. They're on these sugar candies. They're on decorations. They do um, the face painting. If you've ever like seen pictures of people celebrating Dia de Muertos, you see these like, and if you've ever watched Coco, uh, <laughs> there's at one point he d- gets his face painted like a skull to like blend in with the dead so he, basically. Yeah. And so it's, it is to like celebrate that and to and to kind of make the spirits feel welcome so again it's like the polar opposite of the halloween thing right right. and another big thing in the dia de muertos is the flor de muerto which is a mexican marigold which are believed to guide the spirits to ofrendas with their color they're really bright and yellow and colorful and their smell so the spirits are supposed to be able to kind of use that as a guide to get back to the ofrendas so again, it's it's really different from Halloween. It's not somber. It's really a celebration. And mm-hmm. it's it's not something that's like, ooh, spooky. We don't want to talk about it. They very openly talk about their loved ones and their and the people that they love to have died. And they and they try to keep that. And that goes with that ritual that the reason they do that is to keep those memories alive. Right. And to to keep that tradition alive. And so and so psychologically speaking, because we are I guess we should talk about psychology. Kind of <laughs> sure. Podcast. That idea that 
to help us with our grief mm-hmm. because it's like our loved ones are not really gone. Sure. They're still with us. That helps us with their grief. And it helps us also to process, you know, those happy memories and, mm-hmm. and those things that help us to be healthier yeah. in our grief and our loss. Also, though, I was struck with just this past week, two different clients brought up something about a loved one who had passed and they separately in separate sessions said something about fearing forgetting about them fearing Mm. forgetting and I know that feeling myself personally because sometimes I mean Bob's been gone over a year now about a I don't know what a year and a half not quite a year and a half and there are times when I think I can't remember how his voice sounded or I even I can't remember what he looked like you know or and then I'll look at a picture or whatever and I know I feel that way about my parents too especially my mom who's been gone for quite a while right and and that's kind of a fear for some of us and it's speaking in the psychology realm that we do have that fear of losing connection with someone who was so important to us yeah and so this particular ritual it's it's full of ways that you still connect to them yeah and you keep that memory alive and you keep that part of them alive inside of you right and I think it goes to our own identities too because like I'm thinking about in the movie Coco I keep referencing it it's just (laughs) too good guys you should watch it um but they like are talking about these loved ones in their family and they're like it's us you know this is our family and that's Mm -hmm. part of us And and I think that's really cool, too, that it does benefit us to look at where we came from and and look at, you know, how those people still live in us and and to kind of continue that. I mean, we can be our own people, but also recognize how those traditions, I mean, not only just the people that we talk about, but like you said, those rituals, how that informs our identity Mm -hmm. and how we can use that to decide who we want to be exactly that's a great way to put it thank you (laughs) i wasn't sure where the sentence was going but i got there very well if you don't know usually i just start saying things and eventually i get somewhere and i'm like oh okay we okay and as long as we're highly referencing disney films (laughs) yes please let's do that kind of let, led me to the thought of in Lion King when... Um, oh, we're going old school. Right? Yeah, when Rafiki yeah. says to Simba, Simba, he lives on in you. Yes. Remember, he's like looking at his reflection and yes. he says, that's just me. And he says, but he lives no, on in you. you. I love that. Yeah. Because that is true. And the stars of the ancestors watching you. Yeah, there's all that cool stuff in there. <laughs> Disney has all kinds of cool stuff. Disney, the themes... <laughs> Ooh, the themes. <laughs> this is totally a side note, but the movie Coco also really uh, handles, I'll, I'll call it dementia, like memory loss. Like one of the characters is is suffering from the memory loss. Grandma the little person. grandma. Yeah. And they handle it so well. Just the the way that they, I, I mean, I was just a crying mess by the end with the way they <laughs> kind of resolved that storyline. And it was mm-hmm. just, it's really cool. And it, and it really has kind of basis in psychology. So, so yeah, that's another reason it's to watch this good movie. Yeah, <laughs> this good, good movie. And we're not getting any um I know, we're not being sponsored not by Coco. <laughs> Walt Disney is sponsoring us. Um, I will make a note here, just because I kind of have to get on my little liberal soapbox, that you've probably heard the term cultural appropriation. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of a big thing right now. So I do want to just do a quick note about cultural appropriation, especially as we're talking about Dia de Muertos. 
the stuff that I talked about was a lot of the basics. And if you want to learn more, go do that. Totally. It's fascinating stuff. It's the pictures are beautiful. The the sugar skulls are beautiful. The traditions are beautiful. That's great. So I encourage that. And even if you want to work some of the traditions into your own life, that's fine. Because like I said, I mean, these are really cool things about celebrating rather than being scared of death. And I think that's an important thing that some people would really benefit from. But cultural appropriation is something to keep in mind. I know you hear about a lot. It's basically defined as when you take something from a culture and then use it as your own without like without understanding it without fully respecting it respect that's the bottom line yeah that's the key so if you want to use any of this stuff okay but make sure you understand it and you're doing it very respectfully i know i say i got a lot of information from coco and i really did but i also got a lot of my info here from uh day of the dead holiday it's a really good resource it has a lot of this information it even has like recipes and stuff for like day of the dead foods cool. it's really cool but it also has a really great page that's basically if i want to use the these traditions, how can I do that respectfully? So if you want to go there, you can you can kind of learn how to respectfully honor these traditions. But I don't know, I think it's really cool to kind of, I think it's really cool to learn about other cultures and recognize maybe how they do stuff better than us. Because quite frankly, I wish our Halloween looked a little more like Day of the Dead. It, mm-hmm. I wish it was a little more celebratory instead of just spooky, even though I like the spooky stuff. Even just in my lifetime, though, Anna, Halloween has changed so much in America. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, nobody put lights up. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, or, or <laughs> yeah. put decorations. Some people, I mean, there some might people be really one, decorate more than, like, yeah. for there Christmas. Might, there might be, when I was a kid, there might be, like, one or two houses in town who would put up something scary, you know, but never like it is now. Now it's like... There's this one it house. Like it's kind of, like, way on the end of town. It's like a full-on haunted mansion. You drive by, and there's, like, lights, and it's a whole graveyard, and there's, like, zombies and stuff, and it's... Like, where do you guys keep all this for the rest of well, the year? I don't know if you remember this, and I think we talked about it on the episode, the episode that we did after Bob died. The the cemetery where Bob is buried, the house right across the street decorates like that. And, and when across we, from a cemetery? Yes. And when we drove that day, I remember after the funeral, we drove out of the cemetery, and there's a cross. They had like these skeletons like climbing up the tree and like climbing up into the second story window, like life-size skeletons. wait. wait. I am not kidding. Wait, didn't Bob die in July? Oh, he did. So it wasn't Bob's funeral. It was somebody else's. Papa's God, maybe? thanks for... No? No? Who would it have been? I don't know. Might have been Mama. Maybe. But the point remains, we left Mama's. a funeral and there were skeletons yeah, crawling up a house. The cemetery. <laughs> well, and Mom and Dad are all buried in the same cemetery as Bob, so right. it was probably Mom. Yeah. You drive across. It's like you leave the, the funeral with this, you know, kind of... It's like, oh, there he is now. He's climbing up a house. <laughs> I can tell that's him, right? Dang. <laughs> that's creepy. That's <laughs> creepy is a way to describe it. Do you have information about other cultures and how they celebrate death? Um, mine is more specifically kind of about the ritual of when someone dies. Okay. So if I can share some of that. Because, it, you know, in, in different cultures, we do celebrate, for lack of a better term, the funeral time. The yeah. time of the funeral, right after somebody dies. So um, just some, some kind of broad examples. In South Africa, uh, the windows of the house in which the death has occurred are sometimes smeared with ashes. Mm. 
and all, and this is unique, all the beds are removed from the person's room. Removed? The person who died. They take the beds out of the room so the mourners can go into that room. Oh, wow. And like give, for lack of a better term, veneration to the dead person because they hold their dead ancestors up with, as they call it, fear and veneration. So they go into the dead person's room and mourn there. Um, Sometimes in South Africa, there might be a ritual sacrifice of an animal to please the ancestors. That's kind of a throwback. After the funeral, everybody washes the dust off and the dirt from where they've gone to the graveyard to bury Mm. the body before they go back into the house because it's bad luck to take dust from the cemetery into your house. And a relatively new ritual there in South Africa is something that's called, I like this, after tears party. Oh, The after tears party. It kind of resembles an Irish wake. Okay. Where you all stand around and drink to the person sure. who passed away. That sounds more like celebration of life territory. Right, right. And it happens after the funeral and it involves a whole lot of drinking and joking and telling stories. But I really about like that because then you get both. You get right. like the mourn and the then grief you, and then right. you get this the happiness. I like yeah. that too. And honestly, even in our Western culture, our Western, at least for the Christian culture, many Christians do kind of that same thing where they have like a funeral luncheon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, like yeah. All the ladies of the church sure green bean casserole i was just gonna say green bean casserole (laughs) i literally don't know any other funeral food ham and green bean casserole ham and green bean casserole oh and that hash brown oh with the cheese on top that's always really good yeah (laughs) our our (laughs) non-american listeners or even the listeners who like don't aren't really i think that's a pretty uniquely like christian Christian thing yeah yeah. so if there's like non-christian people like what are we talking about Sorry about that, guys. That's our background. But but any Christian listeners are like, oh yeah, funeral green bean casserole. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a they know that. Thing. They know it. Okay, so um, in Iran, when okay. someone dies, that's one of those words I always when I say it, I, I think should I say it? Iran, 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 Iran. I don't know. <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, it's Iran, Iran. <laughs> They have very complicated rituals there, and they and they last for many days. Hmm. They're very much shaped by the Islamic faith, of course, and um, they're very strict prescriptions about how people should mourn and how the burials should happen. And the burial itself has to happen within 24 hours of the death. So the celebration or the memorial goes on for days, but the person needs to be buried within 24 hours. That can be kind of tough, can't it? Yeah. Do they not do like embalming and stuff, I assume? Which, oh, good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, I have a pretty strong stance against embalming. (laughs) That's that's a Western thing. Yeah. So the body there is prepared for burial by being washed nine times and then wrapped in a white shroud Mm -hmm. and tied with cords. It's considered very holy to be able to carry or even just touch the coffin. So as the funeral processions go through the streets... People come and just touch the coffin, even if they don't know the one who's passed. When the person is buried, of course, the grave faces Mecca, which is the holy location for Muslims. And a lot of weeping mourners, that's a big thing for Mm -hmm. their funerals, for their uh, celebrations at death. Uh, The morning after, the morning, not the morning, like the day. M-O-U-R. Yeah. Um, is split into significant days because something special happens on the third day, a memorial service is held with big flower arrangements and rose water is sprinkled everywhere. And then on the seventh day, they go back to the grave and they give food to the poor. Like wow. that's their day of, of helping cool. someone in the name of the dead person. So is it constant 
I mean, for three to seven days, is it constant morning or is it like we do a thing each day? I think there's something specific, but those those days specifically are something you have to do. But okay. the rest of them are just like, we're still in mourning. Okay. And they actually wear black mm-hmm. for 40 days wow. after someone passes. They have to wear black. And then on the 40th day, they can start to wear regular clothes again. Wow. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about Sweden for a minute because I thought this was really interesting. We, we've been talking a lot about Christian rituals, but Sweden is largely secular, but they have a lot of rituals as well. Uh, a lot of it is influenced by the history of the Lutheran church. One fact that's very kind of the opposite of what I just said is that <laughs> it, it, there is a long time between the time of death and actually burying really? the person. Between one and three weeks. Whoa! So I would say that person was probably embalmed, but probably. I don't know that for sure. But And the body is placed somewhere special in between. So they leave the body somewhere that's special to the family or whatever, and like they're going to be there for a while. Wow. Yeah. Okay, wait, where, w- where would I put me? Right on the front porch in a chair. Well, I was thinking here in your... In your art studio where no. we do our recording. Mm-mm. I don't know that that would be good, though. It's got to be outside holding a, the, margarita. a nice beer, <laughs> okay, a nice okay. frosty beer, <laughs> or if it's cold, a little cup of hot chocolate. Well, my dad used to always make jokes about when he passed away, he wanted to be stood up in the corner of his barn, <laughs> his storage barn. And he would like do this joke where he'd cross his arms and say, I'll just be standing there like this. <laughs> I used to say that I wanted my like hand to be held up so people would have to high five me when they walked by, <laughs> so and you said that I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, again, I say I'm going to go long before you, my dear daughter. Yeah, but you said I couldn't, no matter but, when I die. Yeah, no matter when you die. <laughs> I'm pretty. I feel pretty comfortable saying the people that are, will be around you, your children will probably be like. Listen, Mom. if we're going to do a wake, let's just do it. Let's if, do we're gonna, it if we're going to, if we're going to. And just have the body there, interact with it. <laughs> I wanted to say, because I this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, that they, they used to have, now this tradition has kind of gone by the wayside. but This in, is still Sweden, correct? This is still Sweden. In the 19th century, they had something called fringed funeral candy. And it was like hard candy, just basically hard sugar candy. Sure. But it was in the form of a corpse. So like a little body. What? And wrapped in here. I'm going to show you a picture of it. It doesn't oh. show the actual body. Okay. But, okay. And they wrapped it in this yes, black. It, it, yeah. It looks It looks almost like, like a Jolly Rancher. Yeah. yeah. With but fringes it's black on with fringes. And so it's, it's wrapped in black cray paper. And the fringes, I thought this was interesting. The fringes were either short or long depending on how long the person lived. Oh. So if they lived a really long time, there'd be really long fringes on the interesting. end. Isn't that kind of cool? I actually really like that. And I really want to see a picture of the actual candy, though. I know. I do, too. Maybe you could find one if you... Swedish... I, what's it called? Fringe candy? Yeah. Swedish funeral fringe candy. So shorter... Wider fringes would indicate perhaps a child or a younger individual dying. Oh, that's really sad. The wrappers were sometimes adorned (laughs) with uh, silver paper, too, and pictures of cherubs or maybe a crucifix. So they were kind of religious as well. I'm seeing some with the cherubs on them. I'm not seeing any that actually look like corpses. I am seeing just what looks like Swedish fish, but they're black. If oh, you've ever seen those Swedish fish candies, yeah. it's just like little red fish, but no, these are just black. This tradition kind of died off with World War One because of the sugar rationings oh, okay. that went on. So that was kind of the end of that. <laughs> she just threw I'm her notes. I'm tossing my papers aside. <laughs> I'm tossing. 
There was a couple other ones I wanted to tell you about, but I'm not sure. I have Mexico, where it's not Mexican. Not Mexican (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) In Ireland, people open the windows for a period of two hours. They believe that the souls need a path to leave. And I've seen that in movies and stuff. And actually... I was with a friend whose mother was dying in a nursing home and the nurse went over and opened the window. Interesting. And she didn't really say anything. She just went over and opened the window. Right. In this tradition, if someone blocks the way, they will get bad luck. That's the tradition. If you're standing in the way of the window. So don't stand in front of the window when the soul's trying to get out, (laughs) apparently. So let's see what else. Shuffling. I am shuffling my papers. (laughs) I think that One of the biggest things that I saw was the fact that a lot of our celebrations around death are based in spirituality, Mm -hmm. are based in in the religions. Well, I think that has to do with how we think souls are handled. Right. I mean, I think that spirituality includes you have to be more respectful to the dead because they're not really gone. Right. But one of the things that I was reading was that more and more... I don't know, for me personally, this is, I I would have to say, unfortunately, more and more people are not really into their spirituality as much. And so funerals are, the trend in Western society is that funerals are getting more and more less, how am I trying to say, less spirituality and more just one of the, one of the terms that I saw was capturing the person. That's the new phrase. You want to capture the person. <laughs> That's like so, a thing. That's like already a thing. It's kidnapping. <laughs> well, I in think, this case, it's trying to like present. Like in the, capturing in, the essence. Right. So that you can celebrate that person. Well, I was going to say, like, I think that the celebration of life thing, I would say, is a little more of a secular way to handle it, too. But I, our funerals themselves, like, I know there's funeral masses, but are funerals themselves spiritual? I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily a Christian spirit. There's some kind of spiritual. Right. Yeah. Because like you said, it's it's linked to, well, where is that person now? Right. And so depending on what your spirituality teaches, what you believe about the afterlife, it's usually linked to that time where you talk about, well, they're reincarnated or they're in heaven or they're, sure. you know. I will never forget a, a friend that was an atheist that we were talking one time right after his mother died. And, and I was being the person I am and how strong I feel about my beliefs. And I was trying to comfort him and saying, you know, I understand what that you struggle with this, but, you know, how can you not think that your mom is with God or, you know, in a better place or however you want to look at that? And he looked at me like so serious and just said, my mom is worm food now. And like had no emotion about it. Dang, bro. And I was like, okay. And I know that I've said to people when I've gone through grief, I've said to people, I don't know, how, I don't know how people do this without having a higher power, mm-hmm. because I lean so much on God, right? Personally, when I have grief, I, I think it would be very difficult to do that if you didn't have a higher power. Yeah, but I think that it's handled differently in general. I mean, I think if you don't have that, it's just like death is okay. That's just the next phase. It's the end, yeah. 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 Just a couple more real quick notes. Um, In China, I will never be able to say it, the Chinese word. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not like you, and I can't pronounce those I can't those either. I'm looking words. at some things that so I want to mention. In China, um, the biggest remembrance day for the deceased is known as Tomb Sweeping Day. Oh, yeah. Qingming. I was going to mention Very that Very good. Well. Qingming. That's, that's how I would say it. That's how it looks like it's pronounced. If someone would like to correct us, that is fine. Okay. 
The Chinese pay their respect to their loved ones by taking care of their graves. We kind of do that in Western culture. We do that Memorial Day weekend where we clean up grave sites and put new flowers out. And also I think people do that on a more independent basis. There's like Memorial Day is probably the closest that's there. But also I think people like individually like on the the anniversary of someone's death usually will go out and like kind of put flowers in their grave and stuff. And that's another thing that's changed culturally since I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, that was a big deal. On Memorial Day weekend, we would, as a family, we would go to the cemetery and put flowers on all of our ancestors, basically. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you've probably ever done that. No. So it kind of... With my generation, in our family at least, that that tradition, that ritual died off. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I'm just a little more um, esoteric about it. That the actual like, I I don't I don't really see the point of visiting a grave mm-hmm. when they're like you said before, like that that person's not really there. So I think I just sort of look at it a little differently. That I don't put as much value on that. Do you have one for South Korea? Because I'd like to see how you pronounce that one. Koreans remember their ancestors in their. Chusiak? Chusiak? Festivities? I don't don't have that on my list. In South Korea, this holiday is like one of the biggest in their country. It's kind of like their version of Thanksgiving. Okay. But it's during that time that they celebrate their ancestors. It's celebrated on August 15th of the lunar calendar. They believe, the Koreans believe that their ancestors harvest the crops of fruits and grains during this time. And food, of course, is a big part of this ritual. It often is. Food is often a big part of our rituals. And they all get to eat together and and they honor their ancestors in a very special way and visit their ancestors' graves. Very cool. So, Uh, Did you mention that during Qingming in China, the tomb sweeping day, per tradition, lighting fires is forbidden. So all the food that they serve is cold. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't see that. Um, The last one I have on my list is Japan. They celebrate the, here's another one. Oban? It looks like Oban. Oban. <laughs> Oban Festival. We believe it originated around 500 years ago under the Buddhist influence. Uh, the festival is celebrated during the course of three days from the 13th through the 15th of the seventh month. That's July, right? Yeah. The the list that I had, I, I have says August. So probably somewhere in there. Okay. Um, what else do you have? I have a couple more of those uh, kind of day of the dead like instead of specific funeral funeral Mm -hmm. rites in thailand the day of the dead is called boon parawate and uh you're so good at those thank you i looked that one up and i could not find how to pronounce it so again best guess here uh but it takes place between may and july it's kind of spread over a couple days as well it has like parades and music and then the the second day has like torches being extinguished to kind of like symbolize the end of that and then the last day includes monks reciting the last reincarnation of uh buddha so they have that in india oh i am not gonna say this one right mahalaya amavasya is the Hindu equivalent of the Day of the Dead. Wow. They hold ceremonies to the goddess Durga, and it's honoring the deceased and chasing away demons. So they kind of have a little bit of both there, yeah. a little bit of Halloween kind of in there as well. But the date of it is always changing, but it's always on September's new moon. But yeah, there's, and there's, I mean, every culture has a way to acknowledge death, I guess. I was trying I was trying to find cuz I always think it's interesting that some cultures wear white instead of black. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. But I I did want to mention cuz we talked about the Viking funeral. Mongolian culture along with the Tibetans 
do something they call sky burial, where they leave the body of the deceased on top of like a high mountain or... Oh my gosh, that's awesome. They leave it there for the wildlife to eat. That's amazing. Oh, gross. Are you kidding? That's great. You want your body to get eaten by by It's going to get eaten by stuff eventually. We just put it in vaults to make sure it doesn't happen for a long time. I know, time. but oh my goodness. Yeah, I want a fox to eat my eyeballs when I die. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> so this is this- the circle of life. <laughs> So, so this idea of the sky burial reflects um, the Buddhist outlook about that our body is just, yeah. it's just a shell. It doesn't mean anything. And so we don't really have to respect, which is very different from many cultures. Because yeah. many cultures are very into the respecting the body, mm-hmm. even though it's not, you know, the soul. But right. still, it's very important to respect the body. So so they, they're like, yeah, let the animals eat it. And, no, that's, that's, and me. Anna's that's like, me all the way, baby. <laughs> Throw me in the backyard. Let the birds I thought, take I me. I thought you wanted to be cremated and then like put into a soil for a tree or no, whatever. No, the, cool... the tree thing, you don't get cremated first. They literally like put your body in a pod and you like nourish the tree as it grows. Oh, they don't burn you first? No. Your whole body, you just like get put in a fetal position. That'd be a big pod. It is. Do you want to see it? No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Our culture has changed a lot through the generations too about how we just handle burial and how we this thing now about putting people's ashes in things in yeah like yeah like, <laughs> like necklaces beads and stuff and, yeah, yeah that's very unique it that's very i mean t- t- in my life experience i mean maybe and it's, it's kind of cool forever. yeah i don't know that like when bob passed we had like bracelets and rosaries mm-hmm. and stuff made from the flowers yes. from his funeral which i thought was really cool i don't think i would want to like actually have someone i loved ashes like in my bracelet I just think, can I tell you a really horrible, funny story about that? Oh, no. So I was counseling a kid last year. Um, <laughs> I think I've told you this story before. He had this necklace. But our sisters need to hear it. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is, I'm really putting myself okay, on blast is, here wait for a minute, you guys. I have to do a trigger warning. This could be. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not bad. It's, it, we've been no. talking about death yeah. this whole, I yeah. think we, we, we should have done a trigger, trigger warning beforehand. Yeah. We're not talking about like, gory stuff or anything. No, no, it's no, just no. death it's dimensions. Death. Part of um, the circle of life. <laughs> and speaking of the circle of life, uh, a kid who, uh, luckily I had a pretty good rapport with this kid anyway, but he was wearing this necklace and it looked like a little cylinder. And I was like, that's a really cool necklace. And he goes, oh, thanks. It's my dog's ashes. And I was like, oh, well, that's very unique. I mean, I was like, I was positive about it because it was a really cool necklace and that's a cool way. He's like, do you want to hold it? And I said, okay, sure. And he like took the necklace off and like handed it to me and I must have grabbed it wrong because when he let go, it fell and the ashes spilled on the table. (laughs) And he goes, oh my God, my dog. (laughs) And I was like, I'm so sorry. And then the best slash worst part was we like very respectfully scooped it into the cylinder again. (laughs) And I picked it up to hand it back to him and it dropped again. And the same thing happened a second time. And he's like, okay, you're not allowed to touch it anymore. And I was like, that's fair. (laughs) Could like make a joke like your dog really likes to get out and run around. You need a leash for this thing. Put a leash on that dog. <laughs> Put a leash on that dog's ashes. Yeah. Luckily, he was not broken up about it. He I was going to say, then he funny. had to go to another therapist. Yeah. <laughs> From the trauma that the I trauma gave him. of his therapist. No, he was, spilling his he, dog. Was, he was a good sport about it. Oh, good. <laughs> I, 
But we deal with death oh in a lot God. of ways, don't we? We do. We do, Mom. <laughs> well, are we not? <laughs> that's. <laughs> I thought let's, you were. I thought you, <laughs> Let me paint a picture for you, sisters. <laughs> she, she, she just said that really poignant thing. And I thought she was like going somewhere with it. And then she <laughs> stared over my head for like 10 seconds. <laughs> so, like, yep, I'm done. <laughs> I've met my she, quota of she, words. She turned <laughs> off. <laughs> Her batteries ran out. Someone took out my SIM card. <laughs> those things are called. Yeah, that's what they're called. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... I don't have anything else to add. I'm done. I'm (laughs) done. Turn me over. (laughs) So happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, guys. Be safe. Wear your mask. Wear all wear Wear a a mask mask under your your mask. mask. And over your mask. Wear three layers of masks. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Socially distance. Have a happy Halloween and vote. And vote. The scariest thing of all, voting. Face your fear of death and voting and get out there and do it. (laughs) Death and taxes. Yeah. Sipsters, can I thank you? Is it okay if I thank them? Sure. Because I'd do that. You asked them permission, so we got to (laughs) wait for them to say yes. Can you hear them? I think I said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for putting up with us. (laughs) today this has been a doozy hasn't it yeah we do thank you sipsters for sharing your time with us for taking time to to listen and hopefully laugh a little with us and just hang out with us we gotta be able to joke about death a little we gotta even stuff like death you gotta be able to have a humor we've talked about this before that our family puts humor in everything that's kind of how we deal with life and death yeah so we hope that we weren't disrespectful but we hope that you you laughed i think we're fine we're fine (laughs) so thanks for being with us and join us again next time join us again next time yes thank you so much you can find us on twitter instagram facebook all freudian sips pod uh as well as our site freudian sips pod.com this is kind of a side note uh when i was talking to another friend michelle friend of the show uh, talking about what we should do for the episode she was like you guys should analyze costumes and what that says about people (laughs) so if you would like us to analyze your costume send us an email or like a tag us a picture yeah send us a picture send us like a description of your costume either like a current costume or since halloween might not be happening this year like a past costume and we maybe a costume that you wear you know at other times yeah yeah send us your weird bedroom (laughs) photos mom sorry usually i cut her mic at this point I get really weird at the end. <laughs> She's like, you're not recording this anymore, right? No, nope, mom, done. we're still right. going. You did your we're thing just... at the end. Now My notes all... are all gone, so now I'm off script. I don't know. This is why I have notes, so that I don't go into these places. The weird places. So yeah, don't send us that, but do send us like pictures of your costumes. You can email us at freudiansipspot at gmail.com if you want to send us those, and we'll uh, we'll psychoanalyze your costume. That sounds really fun. <laughs> Um, we are also on Patreon if you want to support the show or Freudian Sips Pod on there. Please remember to leave us a nice rating and review if you can do that wherever you're listening. And our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. Mm-hmm.